that's kind of a core concept that we follow is that you use one number for calling and texting. You don't use one number over here for doing some of the texting and then another one over here for some of the calling. You really want one number for everything because it, people just, that's how it is with a person. If I am going to call and text you, Daniel, I'm not going to text one number and then call a different one. I'm going to, I will expect everything to happen on the same number. Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. This is Daniel Bushes, and welcome to the next edition of the Business Power Hour Today, we have one of my favorite podcast guests, Ryan Chapman, the CEO of Fix Your Funnel and Yeti Text. Ryan, you have been so gracious with your time over the previous podcasts and multiple other things that I've asked you to do. So thank you for, uh, again, being a guest on the show and, uh, and for investing some of your time and, and knowledge to all the listeners. Oh, it is my pleasure. Right now, I feel an immense amount of pressure to really, really do well. <laughs> Which is good because that's what we want to do for people. So Absolutely. thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So for the people that maybe have not heard a previous podcast that you've been on, can you just give a short little introduction of you know what, what your company does and who you serve? Yeah. Um, so before anything else, we were direct response marketers. You know, when we first started having success in business, it came as a result of two things, direct response marketing and marketing automation. And so what, what our focus has always been is in how do we actually deliver the message? Because at the, at the very core, people buy and do and spend their time based on how they see the world. And if the way they see the world does not change, then their buying behavior, their actions that they take, the way they spend their time doesn't change either. So in order for any of us to change the way that we behave, which as a business owner, that's what you want. You want new people to change the way they behave so that they incorporate your business into their life in some way. And in order to do that, you have to deliver some sort of message that's compelling enough that it changes the way they see the world. Well, at the underlying part of that, and this is what we've always been focused on, is how do you get that message so that it's consumed? So I think a lot of small businesses fall into this trap of thinking, because I delivered, because I sent, right? Mm -hmm. Push send, I put them in the campaign, whatever the thing is then the message was consumed. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. So we're always fighting this battle. How do we make sure that the message that you've prepared, that's going to change the way someone sees the world. So they incorporate your business into their life actually gets to them and is consumed by them. So that's kind of the, the nexus of what we're all about. And so our companies have focused on mediums or, or methods of communication to actually achieve that goal. And that's naturally led us to this place where texting is a central part of that whole equation, the texting and phone calls, but in that order. Perfect. And so, um, uh, fix your funnel. And then also you have Yeti text, which is yeah. fairly new. Uh, those, uh, those platforms will then relative integrate. to fix your funnel. It's new. It's been around for a couple of years, right? Sorry. Yeah. Around for almost a decade. So no, I don't mean to, to correct on anything. I just, the reason I say that is we've been um, working in this industry and, and working with small businesses and large businesses, helping them to get the texting thing right for a long time. 
And we took everything that we learned with our experience of Fixture Funnel and moved that over to Yeti Text. So that's the, yeah. And that's the one that's new. So I, I, yeah. I thank you for correcting me because Fixture Funnel has been around for a very long time. Yeti next, uh, Yeti is the, the next platform that you've built that's similar. And that's, that's fairly new. Is that correct? Yeah. It's just a couple of years old and it services um, people like on HubSpot and uh, active campaign, a few other CRMs. Okay, perfect. And so uh, customers, just to, just to kind of before we get into our conversation, customers would have the ability to communicate via text message. They could um, place and record phone calls um, using your platforms. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. And awesome. the most important part of that texting stuff is the, the live conversations that you have with people via text message. I'll probably say that at some point during the rest of the podcast, but that's where all the money is. And I, I point that out right up front because that's something that 95%, I would, was at a recent um, big texting conference. It was a little phone and text, you know, it was for um, telecommunications. And it was reported that 95% of businesses using text messages have no way to respond to incoming texts. Wow. Wow. I almost couldn't believe it because it's so foreign to our philosophy and our approach. That was like, really? But then if you look around, a lot of the people that have discovered texting don't recognize where the money is. They, they think it's another broadcast medium that's more effective than, say, email. But they, they miss actually out on the great benefit that it brings because they don't understand it. You know, I was reading an article yesterday, and um, I hope I uh, try to do my best to, to get it accurate. I can't remember where it is or I'd give it uh, the source credit, but I believe they were saying it was something like within the first five minutes of an, an interaction with a prospect, if you're able to respond to them, it increases your chances of actually selling that product or service by 65%. So yeah, that may come out of, there was a, a Harvard review article that really got popular in, in terms of this. And they're talking about website leads or I think probably leads in general would apply, but it was whoever has the first meaningful conversation with them. And the closer you are, like if you're within five minutes, like your chances of selling through the roof, because at that point the person's still on task. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's to your point is why it's so critical that you're, you're communicating with people quickly in the medium that they want. Absolutely. So um, I've been kind of preaching to our clients and uh, our followers about how communication um, and the traditional forms of communication is changing. And it's changing likely because of um, past abuse from, you know, marketers and maybe some um, uh, unsavvy people that were abusing the systems. You know, a perfect example would be like robo dialers. Um, but also consumer behavior, like people are consuming content and they're communicating differently than they did as recent as, you know, a couple years ago or a decade sure. ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, millennials now, they, they say won't even answer the phone. They prefer a text rather than picking up the phone. Right. And I, I know me personally, if I see a, a foreign number, I'm not going to answer it because I'm worried it's a, a robo dialer. So yeah. are you finding that it's, it's helping people or helping businesses to better communicate with their, their, their prospects and customers by having an intelligent form of a text-based conversation? Yeah. And here's the, here's the really interesting part is um, not only is it if they don't recognize the number, sometimes even if they recognize the number, they won't answer. And the reason is people feel much more comfortable having a buffer between them 
and the person they're communicating with. And this is something that I think social media and you know the the change of the smartphone being in everybody's hands because I don't know if you've heard this number, but there are four billion smartphones active in the world today, which blows my mind. You know, I mean, it kind of makes sense as we look around and see everybody's got one. Even the homeless guy's got a smartphone, but four billion. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. But because of all this. Um, people really appreciate having this buffer, this moment to think, and they're kind of used to it with the ways that they're primarily communicating with the people around them. And so texting really gives them um, the sense of security as opposed to answering a phone call. And the, the other thing that people, in terms of, when I say people, I mean business owners don't think about or marketers don't think about is the, the level of commitment that goes into answering the phone, right? Right. So how long is this going to take? Am I going to enjoy talking to the person I'm talking to? Do I want to even talk to the person? You know, all this evaluation goes into the process of just answering a phone. It happens like that in milliseconds. So we don't really consciously think about it typically because that's you know, our responsibility is to think about these things. We know and we can, everybody can realize that that's really the case. When someone is calling us, we're really evaluating probably about two or three dozen things about if I should answer the phone. And that's what more frequently than not answering loses out to not answering. And so texting is good because it, it really removes a lot of those decisions that people are trying to make or those evaluation points because they can receive the text and they can decide, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with it or well, let me think about that and then respond to it. And so it really gives the people a sense of security. And by far, I mean, you know, getting on the phone, just like we're having this podcast interview, right? Mm-hmm. Getting on the phone much more information can be transmitted in a much shorter period of time. So it can be very valuable for a consumer who's trying to figure out what they want with a salesperson or a representative from a company. So it is extremely valuable to get on the phone. But what we're finding is that if you start with a text, you'll get way more people segueing to the phone than if you try to go straight for the phone. Um, let's talk about, I want to get your opinion on it, meeting people where they're at, right? So yeah. let's, let's just use an example Um, And I don't know, I don't have the most recent numbers, but I believe it was something like 70% of people that are on like platforms like, um, you know, Facebook um, are using it via mobile device. And so if you're a business and you're marketing on a platform like that, would it not make sense? Would you, would, you know, how are you guys suggesting to people that if you're capturing their information from like an ad or something on Facebook, would it make sense to then try to communicate directly via text rather than um, change the format of communication and now send them an email? Yeah. Well, look, so whenever you're moving from an ad, you know, the, the whole point of the ad is to get people's attention and then try and get them to take the next step towards becoming a customer. Right. I, mean, we, I think we'd both agree on that. Yeah. Um, so if, if that's your goal, you have to think about how can, how do I get them to a conversation? And the reason I say that is because all sales happen in conversation. Now, some sales will happen with an internal conversation with a really great copy. And that's probably the most difficult work that can be done, right? Great yeah. sales copy, answers all the questions, preemptively deals with all concerns, and the person just buys. Never talk to anybody. There's still conversation going on there, but we've tried to anticipate every potential question and concern in that sales copy. But what's more frequent and usually more effective is actually the the ability to have sales conversations with people. Now, ideally, we have sales conversations when people are more prepared to have them, but that you know that's really what the driving thing is. And so the question is, how do I go from ad 
to sales conversations in the most efficient method without throwing up with throwing up the least number of roadblocks or hurdles for the the consumer the you know that contact to jump over and so that's kind of the question that is in the in my head when I start thinking about this problem that is a you know a common frequent problem that businesses face and so I started thinking about well if I know that they're seeing the ad on their mobile device which like ninety five percent of all ads are shown on mobile devices. That's where Facebook makes all their money if we're using Facebook as an example. Same is true for other methods that we can advertise on, you know, on the internet. And so if that's the case, then what we have to think about is how do I engage them in a conversation the quickest? And what we've found to be the most effective, and we can take the same sales copy, the same offering, same everything, and instead of driving people to email, drive them into a texting conversation and we can see a 50% increase in sales right off the bat. That's not, not even getting your messaging better. It's just using the same messaging, different mechanics. And so uh, one of the things that, that I think a lot of people have seen is this idea of moving from like lead ad directly to a text message. And the reason we do something like that, or if you're going to have someone fill out a form, which, you know, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of complications that come out with filling out a form that people don't think about but need to consider if they would like to have a greater conversion of, of lead to actual prospect. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to get them into a texting scenario as quickly as possible. Because if you send the email, you know what happens with the email. If you happen to be lucky enough to be with a provider that's got their, their stuff together and you've done all your part, you've got all your DKIM and all this, you know, fancy stuff you got to get done to make sure emails even get delivered properly. The chances that they're actually going to see your email are very slim. And only if there's nothing else going on in their life except them waiting for the email. Right. Yeah. So that's why we see such small response rates. If we go just through emails, because there's so much competing for that, that possibility of our message actually being consumed. And that's why, you know, we, we tend towards the text message, not just because you know, we offer it in the software, because it's actually more effective. It actually gets the job done better because they're not leaving the mobile device and they're actually going to a place where there's fewer filters, even though there's more coming. And it's, there's more ease of getting your message actually seen. Yeah, and it's, I love what you're saying because, and I firmly agree with you, it's, if you have someone and they're consuming content on a mobile device, yeah. then send them a text message. They're going to get that message immediately, right? Whereas yeah. an email, depending on how notification settings are, are set up on their phone or their device, they're going to have to, they're going to have to leave. They're going to have to open up their inbox and all of a sudden they're going to be cluttered with a bunch of other stuff that's in that inbox too. So you're actually moving away from their attention because now they're looking at a bunch of other stuff. But if you're, if you're consuming content from the mobile device and you send them a text message, not only do you have a higher statistical probability that they're actually going to get that and read that, but you're going to be able to engage them right away. And especially if you're asking for some kind of call to action, right? Like, hey, did you, do you like this? Do you have any questions? Do you want to schedule a consult or whatever? Right. Your intuition goes right to the right spot too, Daniel, because the, the really important part is asking a question. Yeah. Um, there are three different types of text messages that, that we recommend to people if they want to be effective with texting. 
The first one is delivery of content. So you're going to say, oh, here's a video about such and such and a link to your blog where that video is hosted, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. That's a, that's a very common one. Most people, they get that part. The, the one that they haven't considered is the next one, which is the conversation starter, which is some sort of question that would be relevant to them in their journey to get whatever it is that your business offers for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of conversation starting question critical. It's really nice if you have sent content or you know they've consumed some sort of content because you can ask them about that content. You know, content usually raises some question if it's valuable. Because if the content doesn't raise any questions whatsoever for the person, then do we really challenge the way they see the world and did we change it? Probably not. So some questions should come up and asking a question that would be natural for them to have in their head and you know, want to be able to answer is exactly where we want to go. And that's the second one. And the third one is a reference to something else. So occasionally, I still use email, even though I realized how terrible my odds are, you know, having it consumed. I still use it because it really doesn't cost me too much. And I can do other things differently than a text message. So sometimes, this is the third type of text that I'll recommend to people, is a reference to an email that I sent. I just sent you an important email. Subject line is such and such. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay. That, that's a text that I'll send as well. So those are the three primary text messages. I'm glad that you drilled in on the most important one, which is the conversation starter. That's yeah, an open-ended question that gets them to start communicating with you. Let, let's talk about, the, about this real quick, because one of the things that you had just mentioned um, ties into one of the things that I, I see a lot of people making mistakes of, and it's making the assumption that whatever your prospect has opted in for or has started to do, right, that you're now communicating with them. Let's Mm -hmm. just say they opt in for some kind of like case study or lead magnet or whatever, is a lot of marketers make the erroneous assumption that this is now the number one priority in this person's (laughs) world. Yeah. And just because for, and I'll use a silly example here, just because I happen to look at, you know, a pair of like, you know, Nike shoes does not mean that when I wake up tomorrow, the first thing I have to do is go pair, buy a pair of Nike shoes. It might be something completely different. And yeah. so a lot of people start sending a bunch of communication, making the assumption this person is not only um, the number one priority is this topic, but also that they are ready to rock and roll. They're ready to buy. And so that kind of goes back to what you were saying about the conversation, because you can address that and you could dynamically shift if they're like, yeah, this is important, but actually this other thing is really, really a huge pain point. I want that solved first. Right. And that's why conversation is so critical. And here's the, the trend that I'm seeing too, Daniel, is because people finally have automation available to them. They overuse it. You know, they overuse it. So they try to automate everything. And the problem with that is that everybody's doing that. And so because everybody is doing it, what the public, what the, your consumers, your prospects want is actually a little bit of attention because everybody's pushing them to a bot. Everybody's pushing them to some automated process. And it's not to say we don't want to have automated processes, but we want automated processes to do strategic things, not automate everything, but do strategic things. So what things 
actually would lend themselves to automation versus what things would lend themselves to human interaction and reserve all of your team's time to the stuff that's really important for human interaction and let automation handle the rest, right? So let the automation prep up and, and deliver content and get a person to a point where they're saying, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. And at that point, switch into human mode because that's where you'll find, that's where we see all of the value coming is when people properly use automation to queue up and, and set up these, the situation where, like you're saying, the person's finally ready to express what they really want and let the human interact with them. And then with that human interaction, we can then kick off more automation if they're not ready to go forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if they are ready to go forward and they've actually felt comfortable enough to express to you what their question or concern is, then you address that and then take it, take the deal to uh, creating a relationship. Let's, let's uh, talk about consumer behavior. And so I think we can all agree that the, the overwhelm of information um, and the amount of ads people are seeing on, on a daily basis is creating actually a, a barrier to even effectively communicate with your, your clients, your customers, your prospects, because they're getting overwhelmed. It's just too much mm -hmm. information that's out there. And so you know, sending a bunch of emails, doing a bunch of things like that is actually, it's just adding to the confusion and the overwhelm. So what are you guys doing in regards to like how consumers are behaving now in today's day and age moving forward? Well, back in, in 2007, I started my first business with my brother where we really used marketing automation and we sent uh, millions of emails. We did, you know, it was predominantly email at that time because most people were just barely getting on the internet. To be honest, it was still pretty new. There were, you know, a couple hundred million throughout the world, but it wasn't billions like it is today. And so, you know, we could we could email back at that time. But what what we've done since then is I found myself pulling the brakes and just really pulling everything back because I started to discover something that I call attention currency, which is with every individual. Like I hold it with you, and and you hold an account with me. And this attention currency or this attention account is either getting a, a deposit or withdrawal every time we interact, right? Yeah, so for sure. Interact with you, and you find the interaction to be valuable. I just made a deposit in the amount of attention you're going to give me when we get a chance to interact again. If you find me to be extremely boring and difficult to, to listen to, then I just made a withdrawal. The next time I try to communicate with you, you're going to be more likely to ignore it than engage with it. And so this is true for every single interaction that you have with your customers or your prospects. If they perceive that you're adding value from their perspective, and that's the only perspective that matters in marketing and sales is their perspective. If they feel like you're adding value with any of your communication attempts, then you're making a deposit and the likelihood of them paying attention to a future message goes through the roof. If they don't get value out of it, then we just made a little withdrawal. And if we make enough withdrawals, then we get no attention whatsoever, no matter how effective we are at putting something in front of their face. So it's almost like abusing the relationship or not respecting yes. the relationship. Yes. And that goes back to your point you made earlier about the abuse that's occurred in the marketing and sales channels. That's almost neutered them entirely, made them so ineffective that people really are struggling. I hear every day people talking about, I can't get 10% um, of the people that register for my webinar to show up. Or, you know, I send out a broadcast and I can't get, you know, 5% of the people to actually do what I'm asking them to do. 
And it's no wonder because how many millions of emails do people send out that don't even care about what the prospect thinks, right? It's always a speak at medium when it comes to email. Go do this, buy this, discount, do this now. You know, we don't think about the actual thing. And so I recently, um, I was writing something, people, I was saying, you know, some people are, will probably even be suspect that texting is a good thing to do in business. And the reason why is they're thinking, does anyone really want to receive text messages about my business? Have you ever thought that, Daniel? Have you ever thought, well, would anyone really want to get a text message about my business? Yeah, that's a great question. That's one of the things that we really had to think through for our texting strategy is what's, what's the right time to text someone and what is that, what's that message content going to, going to be? Here's my conclusion. No one wants a text message about your business. Not just yours. It's not particular to you, Daniel. And it's not particular to me either. Nobody wants to hear a tech, get any text message about your business. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. No, I agree 100%. Yeah. No one wants to hear about us. But that's the reason, and I didn't mean to mislead you there, but that's what people start thinking about. Well, who would want to get a text message from my business? Because most of the messaging that people send in emails is about their business. You know, they want you to do something that they want. It's not about where are you and where are you trying to go as a, as a prospect to my company. And so if you get your messaging right, if you actually talk about them, their problems, about WWI or WIIFM, right? <laughs> What's in it for me, mm-hmm. which is the radio station everyone's tuned into. It's not just the prospect, it's me, it's you. That's why so many businesses tend to talk about themselves instead of you know, what they have to bring and all that kind of stuff instead of the customer and where they're trying to accomplish and where they're trying to go. But if you start flipping around that messaging, now people love to get your text messages because you're focused in on them. What's their problem? Where are they? What are they looking for? And so when you ask those conversation starter questions, it's not, are you ready to do business with me? It's like, so some question about the problem that they're facing that allows you to find out where they're at so you can help them to get to where they want to go. And just flipping that on its head where you're thinking about them, what, what is the problem that they have and, or what problems could they have and how can I help them to be able to express where they are on the journey of their problem to their solution will help me as a salesperson or me as a business owner to better understand how I can help them get to that goal. I love the point you make. Um, and, uh, and, and the most recent information I got from HubSpot they had a statistic that they published and they said that they decided <clears throat> after looking at their own numbers internally for the millions of um, emails they were sending. And I would argue that this is not just specific to email. It's more about the strategy, yeah. but uh, they said they decided that they were going to cut their email communications that were going out the door by 50%. Um, and that they felt that they were sending too much communication to their, yeah. their prospects. And the statistic that blew me away is they said that once they did that, their click-through rate jumped to 47, uh, jumped up by 47%. So they cut their communication by 50% and nearly the action, the click-through jumped by nearly the same amount by 50%. That's a massive number. And that goes back to what you were saying is, yeah. making sure that you're having the right communication and the right value. So being more, more like respectful of what are you actually sending 
Well, and think about it, Dale. I mean, you've built tons of campaigns with your agency. The easy part is laying out the structure, right? Okay, we're going to send an email immediately, and then we're going to do one three days later, and then if they do this, then we're going to do that. You know, setting out the structure is actually the very easy part. And most people have no trouble getting that set up. The hard part is when we get to, okay, now what are we going to put in these emails? Yeah, and then that, it's like yeah. pulling teeth out of a chicken to get anybody to produce an email for you to put into those campaigns. And usually what happens is we get down to some sort of deadline. Oh, we got to launch or we got to do this or that. And then people are just busting out emails left and right. And we're really not thinking very carefully about what we're putting into them. We're just like, well, if I hit them with 10 emails, it'll be better if I hit them with five. And we don't take into account that attention and currency consideration. And as a result, you know, they get the situation like HubSpot found themselves in. When they cut back those emails, I bet that when they were trimming out emails, they weren't just trimming, you know, half, oh, let's just pick these guys and throw them out. They're probably rereading all the emails they were sending saying, well, this one really doesn't add much value. Let's take this one out. This one's really good. Let's beef that up a little bit, you know, and through that process of saying, hey, we're going to cut out half of our emails. What they really did is they improved the overall value of the communication. So it's no wonder that they saw an improvement in the outcome that they were looking for. It's funny, speaking to that, I was reviewing uh, about two months ago, um, and the date of this recording is in December of 2019. So back in October, I started looking through all that we were doing in our agency for all the you know marketing emails and the campaigns. And we have a, a strategy where we call a high value asset, like an HVA. So we have these sequences that will fire out something of high value. But in between those and these campaigns were communications that were going out the door that actually um, honestly really had no value. It was, it was just pushing to a console. And so we were looking at that and I said, I was like, what if we cut all of this out? And what if we stop sending an email a week? And what if we just send two emails a month? That's it. And of course we have like, you know, we have bots and we send text messaging of course too at the right time with the right information. But in doing so, what we've had to do is say, when we're communicating, it has to be about a specific need or issue they have that's relevant to them. And then that can go via text message, assuming the conversation has gone to that direction. Mm -hmm. But anything that we're sending out via email now is high, high value. It is straight value. And then below the fold is a subtle call to action if they want to schedule their consult. So we got rid of all of these sales push emails and it's too soon to say what's going to happen. But yeah. my guess is that it's going to be a better experience because at the end of the day, no one needs another sales email. No. And you know, the, you know, the, like the worst salespeople are the ones that show up with their handout saying, Hey, are you ready to buy yet? They haven't added any value to, in terms of helping you to make a buying decision. They're just wondering if you're going to make one today. And that's essentially what a lot of people do in, the, in their marketing automation right now. That's why one of the first things I tell people to do if they're like, yeah, this texting really seems interesting. I want to incorporate it. I said, well, start looking at your email only campaigns and start evaluating where would it be appropriate to use one of the three you know, text types that I mentioned, content delivery, conversation starter, or reference to an email. And in that process, just if you go through that process like you did, what's going to happen is you're going to, you got to evaluate your emails, you know? So how, how much value are we adding with these emails? And if you're smart about it, you'll naturally say, Hey, this one isn't doing anything. I got to cut it out just like you did. And so if people just, if people would like to see an increase 
and the effectiveness of their marketing, go through and evaluate the, the campaigns that you're already using. Just to read through the emails that you're sending and say, am I asking or am I giving? Because if I'm not giving first, it's very unlikely I'm going to ask. And remember, at the end of the day, people don't change behavior because you ask them to. They change behavior because they see the world differently. That's a, that's a great point. I, you now, know, you to, do have I, to make the ask. There's nothing wrong with making the ask, but only after you've changed the way they see the world. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's a, that's a great point. So one of the things we're looking at is when we have someone that triggers based off of what they're doing, what they're consuming, the, the actions they're taking, that our system is identifying that they are an SQL, that's a sales qualified lead. Yes. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, that means that they've taken a specific set of actions or they've done something that indicates that they're ready for a sales conversation. It doesn't mean they've scheduled a consult. That could be a trigger. But when they get to that mode of a sales qualified uh, lead, that they're ready for that kind of conversation, for us, that's a perfect time to move away, not 100%, but move away from the standard of just email, right? And going into a text message where we can have a conversation to see because they're doing things that mean that they're either looking at pricing, they're looking at specific things that yeah. likely they have now relevant questions that would be valuable for us to have a conversation and answer them. So if I had already made the invite for them to schedule a consult, a follow-up text message I might do would be something like, uh, I know I've invited you to get a consult, but you haven't scheduled one yet. Is there some sort of question or concern that's preventing you from making that, you know, from scheduling that consult today? Yeah, that's that's a that's, that's a, a really thing. simple question, but that just opens the door for people to communicate. A lot of people need that door open. They will not walk through it on their own. And as many sales as you may be making right now without asking that question, you can probably we've seen it usually be around double the sales you'll make if you just open that door. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Walking outside of the physical store and they're going to walk right by, but instead you open the door and say, would you like to come in and look? You know, that's essentially what you're doing when you ask a question like that. And that's just natural human behavior. Yeah. You know, a lot of people forget about that. They get so caught in, you know, marketing and funnels and all the fancy gadgets and things like that is if just like using your example, if you're a store owner and you see someone that's window shopping and they just, they pass by, if you were to go out and say, Hey, did you, I saw you were noted, you were looking at something, you know, do you have questions you want to come in? That's the normal human behavior. And they might have some kind of reservation for whatever that is that they didn't want to make the commitment to walk in the door by meeting them where they're at and addressing that concern you're now engaging in a conversation and that that's going to that's going to have a better propensity for you to to get that sale. But yeah, and it also establishes a relationship in a different way, right? And I will tell you, you give me someone that's going to spend a couple of weeks creating a real fancy funnel and give me 2 days to put together a humanized experience, you know, where we're actually thinking about the prospect as a real person, right? In my book, my latest book, The Messaging Connection, I talk about how some people see their, their customers or their prospects as money bags. And they're just, their job is just to extract the money out of them. You can, you can pick up on this in language people use. Oh yeah, I get so many dollars per click out of my list. 
okay, I know something about you when you say things like that, even if you're not trying to communicate that, that you see people as money bags as, as opposed to a brother or a sister, right? Right. If you looked at people as your own flesh and blood, as opposed to a customer that has money that, that you need to get, it would change the way you thought about and communicated with them in every instance. And I will guarantee you this, you will be 10 times more effective than if you look at them simply as a source of money to be extracted. I I love that because I I firmly believe with what you're saying, it's rooted into the future of how effective marketing is going to be handled. It's, it's, it's going back to the data, right? And you're, Mm -hmm. you're looking at the data and from the data, you can make smart decisions of how to communicate and what to communicate. There's a wealth of information out there, whether people are harnessing it or not. There's a wealth of information out there, even in their own customer lists and prospect lists. And it's taking that information and then making sure that it's a great experience because that's what people are craving now. It's a world of overwhelm. There's been abuse across the modes of communication, everything from yeah. like robo dialers to, to spam to like the all Facebook, these different things. Or Facebook bots. I mean, you, you name it. Everything has been abused. Everything. So people want value and they want relationships, right? Exactly. I mean, that's true for you. Think about it. Think about if you're listening to this podcast, think about your own experience. How would you rather be treated? I mean, they call it the golden rule for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny, like even in my behavior um, with purchasing decisions, you know, if, if there, if I, if I've interest, if I'm interested in something and I opt in for something and then they immediately start sending me a bunch of irrelevant stuff or they're sending me random things that aren't specific to me immediately I'm opting out. And it might've been a service or product that I, I was interested in buying, but it's how they're managing the relationship that is indicating that I, I'm likely not going to want to do business with that person. I think that's the driving factor is that there's a lot of options out there. Like we're in a global economy now. You can get services and products anywhere. So the people who are going to win are going to be people that are going to be harnessing the power of the data to understand how to have the communication, the mode of communication, whether it's a text message or whatever, and serving up the right value to build on that relationship. All the other people that you're competing against, they're likely not doing this. And if you do it even more effectively than ones that are, you're going to have a recipe for success, are you not? Well, Higgs, look at that statistic I gave at the very beginning told the whole story, didn't it? 95% of people texting have no way for people to respond to them. In other words, they're only speaking at people, treating people like money bags, telling them what to do so that they can get the money out of them. So that tells you that 95% of the, the businesses that you're competing against are most likely not listening, not wanting to engage in conversation, are simply expecting people to hand over their money and move along. And so to compete and win, all you have to do is start treating people like humans. It, it is the, sh- the quickest shortcut to having effective marketing. You, know, you can go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars on consultants and masterminds and you know, trainings that will teach you all of the tricky ways to get money out of people. But if you want a shortcut to the whole thing, just think about how would I want to be treated if I was the the customer? What experience would I like to have if I was the customer of of my own business? And then figure out how you can make work so that you can deliver that. And when you do that, 
then you win. And you don't win for the short term. See, I, I've seen so many people hustle folks, right? And you can hustle for only so long before everybody knows who you are. And then you're done. So it doesn't matter how much money you got for two years. What matters is how much money you're going to be making 10 years from now. If you want to make good, consistent money in a business, you want a business that lasts, all you got to do is start thinking about the customer and their experience. And believe it or not, it's that simple. That's a, that's a great point. Um, let's talk about, uh, if it's okay with you, let's yeah, talk sure. about your platform real quick because you know, the statistic you just brought back up, which is really powerful of like 95% of companies that are texting prospects and customers don't have a way to respond, but your platform enables them to do so. Right. So yeah. can, you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So both of our platforms are built with this, this concept of, I want to be able to allow my marketing automation platform to initiate conversations for me. And that's the whole point of the texting, right? So whether someone fills out a form, they text in, somehow I get their number and, and their permission, I put it into my, my CRM, my marketing automation platform. When I want to send a text message to them, I want the, the, all of the texts that go out should, and then the texts that come in should all be with the same phone number. That's kind of a core concept that we follow is that you use one number for calling and texting. You don't use one number over here for doing some of the texting and then another one over here for some of the calling. You really want one number for everything because it, people just, that's how it is with a person. If I am going to call and text you, Daniel, I'm not going to text one number and then call a different one. I'm going to, I will expect everything to happen on the same number. And if I text you at one number and then you respond from another one, something's off, right? Yeah. And especially if I'm dealing with the business, this will give me the heebie-jeebies and I'm not going to want to go forward with that relationship. So it's really critical that everything in terms of that communication is happening in one number. So that means I need to have my marketing automation platform be able to send a text message from the same number that I'm engaged in live conversation through. And so that's what our platforms allow for. So we have three basic components in our platforms. The first one is marketing automation text messages, which means I can start a text message from any of the marketing automation I'm using. And it doesn't matter which platform, as long as our systems you know, support it, you'll be able to do that. So let's, let's, let's stop real quick for there. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but for anyone who's listening and they're, they're confused by that and they're like, okay, marketing automation. So just let's, let's elaborate very, very briefly yeah, on that. That's good because I tend to have that problem of forgetting people don't all use the same words. <laughs> so do you want to talk about marketing automation platform? Cause I know you're well-versed in them. Um, no, I don't, I don't want to take away from your conversation. I just want to make sure that what you're talking about, because it's really valuable, doesn't go over someone's head. So okay. if you're saying like a marketing automation, this would typically be like, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, like a funnel or a campaign that has a, a set series of things that are automatically going to trigger and the system's going to do for you. It might be send yeah. one email, wait three days, do this thing. Those. So that's what you're talking about is yeah, based on behavior from trigger. a contact, something is going to happen. So we set up rules in a software so that when somebody does something, then we can trigger something else that will happen automatically. So, so like a perfect example, example might be like for us as an agency, if we've sent out a proposal to someone for, uh, you know, services um, and we know that they've received the proposal, um, but they haven't responded to it, we could automatically trigger a text message to them saying, um, hey, John Doe, um, just wanted to see, did you have a chance to review the proposal yet? Right. Exactly. Like a great conversation starting you. question, you know, that that will get you guys to have that sales conversation that can move 
people towards becoming, you know, buying decision and becoming a customer. So in that kind of marketing automation platform, we'll have alarms set in there essentially that will say, if this hap doesn't happen by this time period, send that text message. However, if they do look at it within, let's say, two hours or a day or whatever you want to set as a parameter, then don't send the text message. So, and Daniel you knows all about that. So if you need help with any of this, Daniel's the guy to help you with it. <laughs> Thank you. But what will happen then is that we can send text messages automatically in certain circumstances where it would make sense for us to start that conversation. And the one you gave is a great example. You know, we've prepared, we've had some sort of conversation, prepared a, a proposal and sent the proposal to them. Now the next stage is to get in a conversation about what they think about the proposal. So if they haven't responded the way we anticipate, we can send that text and start that. That's a conversation starting text message that we call one of our marketing automation text messages. That's, that's the part. The second part, this, I say it second, but really it's kind of first usually, is our keyword automated conversations. You can almost think of it as being a, a micro bot texting conversation. The reason I don't like to use the word bot for it is because I, I really feel like bots tend towards wrong behavior from a marketer. And so I, I try to avoid that. But we can have an automated conversation that's two or three steps. And the whole point of that conversation, I have a whole training that I do on this, but the whole point of that conversation is to capture some information, understand context about where the prospect is, because a key word carries context with it, right? If I say text demo to 760-621-8199, if you're interested in learning more about marketing automation and text messaging, well, I have a context all around that keyword demo when it's texted in. So if a person texts in demo, then they'll get an automated response. Automated response will probably ask them for their first name and then, when they give the first name, an automated response will go back and ask for their email. And when they give their email, then I'll say, you know, thank you. I'll send the thing I promised. And then I'll ask an open-ended question at the end of the automated conversation, again, to drive to live texting. Because that live conversation is where all the money is. It's where all the opportunity is to find out what the person needs and get them to that destination. So that's the second component is the automated conversation. And the third component of our software is, is the uh, live texting capability. And for live texting, you really have to have a smartphone app that can give push notifications so that when somebody does answer that question that your marketing automation platform asked, you'll get a push notification with their answer. And now you can jump right in and start engaging live with them. So that's a really key component to any of these platforms. Of course, we have web-based you know, live chat components. So you can chat live from your, your desktop, your laptop. But but the, the smartphone app we find to be critical for you to be able to make sure you don't miss a message that you want to respond to or your team because all of our softwares are built with a team in mind because while some people are solopreneurs, businesses, if they progress and are successful, end up having a team. And so you got to be able to communicate as a team. And so um, messages can be go in and notify five or six people or 20 people that a new message came in and then one of them can claim that conversation and then start carrying on the conversation with the prospect. Or sometimes people will make assignments. So, okay, if a message comes in, this person's going to get it because I want that person to respond to the messages. So that's perfect. So if you have like a sales team or a service team, you yes. can assign people to that team. And then if, a, if someone responds to a text, anyone in that team can then take ownership of that and then continue the conversation. 
Exactly. And then if they need to pass it on to somebody else, like maybe they're like, okay, I can't really handle this. I need the manager to handle it. They can pass that conversation over to the manager and the manager can pick it up from there or the owner or whatever. So there's great transparency with our systems as well as the ability to easily let you know, one team member take over from another. And of course there's all that history there. So when you're looking at the, the texting history with the contact, you're seeing the campaign initiated messages you're seeing the automated messages and then you're seeing the live messages from other team members as well as yourself and so it gives you great transparency into the whole conversation that's gone on with this prospect i mean i could see this being useful for and and this is kind of a loaded question because i obviously know this is useful we we implement this uh in your platform for many of our clients but uh so apology on the loaded question but I would imagine that this would be something that, I mean, it would work for any company, but immediately right out the door, if you're a service-based company, you know, this would be something that would just be a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean, initially a lot of people start thinking on the get a new customer side, but from the customer support side as well, it's phenomenal. But yeah, if someone's in a service-based business, especially one that, you know, requires periodic check-ins with the customer like i'm i'm just, i don't know what you're thinking about but i'm thinking of like an hvac for example heating mm-hmm. an air conditioning company well you could have your automated platform sending out a text you know every six months let's say or maybe based on season saying hey have you had your your heater checked before winter comes so that you make sure that everything's in order and you know they can respond to that, and then you can have service reps out there, and then we can ask a question after the service rep visits the place. So we can have that built into our process, right? Okay, whatever we do as our service has been done, let's ask the question: Are they satisfied, right? Yeah. Much well, for having us. Or not the question. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thanks so much for for allowing us to work with you. How would you rate your experience working with our company this time? Yeah. Um, one to five, and then you know, using that to manage reputation, and then even build it. They, if they give you like a five out of five, well, by all means, we would want to use our marketing automation platform to recognize that, and then send another message saying, "Hey, would you mind leaving us a review on Google? Would you like mind leaving us a review on on Yelp?" And if it's a lower than whatever your threshold is, hey, I'm really sorry to hear that. What exactly did we do that we shouldn't have done? Or yeah, what did we not do that we should have done, you know, either way. The experience I had, so about a year ago, um, I, uh, I, I made the decision, wise or unwise, to put a custom uh, pool in, in the backyard of my house. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the pool builder, really great people. Um, they did a great work, a great job, but they're old school and everything that they communicated to me by was text message and just, you know, being a marketing agency owner and on the other side of it, I kept asking, I was like, are you guys tracking these things? Cause there's so many text messages about all these different things that are happening or whatever. And they're like, no. And like, if I went to the owner and asked him a question and then the sales guy, like the, the project lead, well, because of those text messages were in their phones they Isolated. might not have been connected. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love to use that example because I was just sitting back thinking, I'm not speaking to like the cost of my pool, but just, I'm just going to say in, in general, you know, if you're going to build a pool, you're going to spend like, you know, 50, to $80,000. On the and, low side. Yeah. 
and they needed something like that. And I keep, I keep looking at things, and HVAC is a perfect example too, but I mean, think of all the things like all of these, you know, hey, uh, so-and-so showing up to do the electrical or the plumbing, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, the pool's done. Are you happy? Like all of these different things that they could have had automated um, or I, I should say centralized, more importantly, centralized. And, and totally transparent. You know, the other thing that we see that, especially with people that have transient salespeople, is your customer relationship can go with the, the salesperson. And so right. if you do have a sales team and they're somewhat transient, like sometimes we'll see this in real estate, a broker might have multiple agents that work for them. Well, if the agent leaves, what happens to all the communication? And what happens if they promised or said something under your broker's license that you weren't aware of? And now you get sued. You know, there, so there's, there's a lot of value that comes from having your communication centralized and transparent so that you know what is being said and promised. And if there's something that's off, you can address it. And you know, that's, those are side benefits. They're probably more valuable even than the customer acquisition, but a lot of people initially focused on customer acquisition. Absolutely. Well, we're kind of at the top of the hour and I want to be respectful of your time. So, I mean, um, is there any parting knowledge that you want to, you want to distill to the, to the listeners? I mean, I know we've covered a lot of different things and definitely uh, I think everyone will agree that the consumer behavior and how they're engaging with brands has changed. So you can't, well, if you don't mind, I would give people a gift if, if they would like to learn more on the topic. Yeah, how, how, could, uh, how could they take advantage of, uh, of, of what you're going to offer? Well, I, I recently, like I said, published a new book called The Messaging Connection. And you could, of course, buy it on Amazon. But if you'd like a PDF version, because there's some charts and things that are useful to reference, and an audio version, um, if they text the word learn, because like I want to learn more, right? <laughs> the 949-835 five three zero zero again that's nine four nine eight three five five three zero zero if they text the keyword learn to that then i'll ask them for their name and their email and then i'll give them a link to the book and then they can go ahead and download the pdf and they can listen to the audio as they're working or exercising or driving and uh, I, th I think that you'll find that there's some great information in there that will help you better understand how you can implement what we've been talking about in today's episode Awesome. And then if they want to look up um, uh, your two platforms and let's cover each one just for people, depending on what they're, they're using. So if they're using something like a, like a HubSpot or an active campaign, where would they want to go to if they wanted to use your service for text messaging? Yeah. So if you're using active campaign or HubSpot or a custom, we have a number of people that are doing custom stuff because we have webhook capability built into this platform. And uh, in fact, we have some, I'm sure you've seen ads for some of the people that are using this system because they're pretty big names, but um, they would go to yetitext.com. So that's for just about any platform except for Infusionsoft. But in specific, we have real tight integrations with HubSpot and ActiveCampaign and a couple others. Okay. And that's Yeti, that's Y-E-T-I text.com. Yeah, text.com. Okay. And uh, they can learn more there. They can chat with our team if they have questions. And if you want to see how it works, there's some demo conversations that you can try just to see a little bit about 
you know, how things actually work. Okay. And then the other platform, the one that's been around for, you know, longer than Yeti text, yeah. uh, that's specific. You said to Infusionsoft or also Infusionsoft rebranded as keep, right? And that's fix yeah. your funnel. Fix your funnel. It's fixyourfunnel.com. And so, the, yeah, that integrates uh, deeply with Infusionsoft and, by Keep and also works with Keep if you're using that platform. But we find most people have the most success that are using the Infusionsoft because it's a little bit more sophisticated versus Keep. But, yeah, it works with both. And that's that's been around for a long time, so it's, it's got quite a few features beyond just the texting. So if you do use Infusionsoft, you've probably heard of or should have heard of Fix your funnel already. Awesome. Ryan, I appreciate your time. It's always a joy to have you on to listen to the knowledge that you have to distill. And it's always great conversation. So thank you so much for, again, being, um, being charitable with your time and coming on the podcast. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. I hope that we've helped some people. Absolutely. Thank you so much.